This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show you can! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words, but no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah i am back i hope everybody had a great fourth of july weekend um i was out but in its place i uploaded an archive episode that i actually thought was already there and i do remember and as i if you for those of you who haven't heard um, I put up a archive edition yesterday of the first of three interviews that I had with Ruben Langdon, the voice of Kid Masters and the voice of Dante from Devil May Cry. It was the very first time that I ever got a chance to uh, talk with him and it was on the 4th of July. So it was like, why not upload that on the anniversary of that first day, which was in 2016. And since then, we've he's been on a show like two other times to talk about two different comic, um, not comic book, video games that he was involved with, plus some other things that he was involved with. Uh, all three of them are distinctly different and great. And again, thank you, Ruben. He's always been a great dude, genuinely nice class act. Uh, I can contact him anytime and text him and, you know, he responds immediately. And, you know, if I needed him, if I wanted him, especially if it involves uh, extra terrestrial type of uh uh, discussions he'll be on so uh he's just awesome but it, i just always appreciated the first interview because it meant a lot it was on a it was on one of the biggest holidays in our country in america here and you know i wasn't doing anything else so why not and it was just it was just a great conversation that we had talking about like street fighter talking about you know scout pilgrim versus the world just a whole bunch of other things so it's up now uh and like i said what happened was i thought that it was 
And I'm and so I'm going to say this whole same thing on there at the intro. So if you want to just skip through that, you go through it. <laughs> but I thought there's some episodes that I obviously there's a lot of actually a lot of episodes that didn't make it to the transition of my new provider. The RSS feed did not get everything, but I made sure at least I had the most important things to me were because, you know, you're seeing some of you seeing like 200 episodes or something like there's actually way more than that <laughs> but the ones that i had were just they weren't worth keeping around and trying to salvage anything the only ones that were worth salvaging and and holding on to were in fact the interviews so i have all the interviews now all of them made it to the rss feed so if i find another one that didn't make it in there rest assured i will upload it on there and make sure it's there so you guys can have every single interview that has possibly been done even some of our old interviews like our old interviews um were consistent of some of the old cast members that used to be on this show so i mean it, it really takes it back there used to be like five people on this show and I, if you're wondering why is why there is not that many people now why i'm not long no longer doing like five shows a week um dedication is the key people that's all i gotta say about that dedication is always the key and the answer to that so but it is all there and uh if i like i said if i find one i will upload it i will have it ready and uh there's some great interviews that you guys will absolutely enjoy in there and that's one of them so go out of your way to check that one out you know what i didn't know either <clears throat> is that shout out to everybody who checked out my youtube page and that is i you know it's the funny thing i never really advertise it because i don't do too much work on it a lot of the episodes of this show the audio episodes get uploaded on a youtube on my youtube page which is viewfinders all one word viewfinders space isad that's my design firm that's where i go by and all of that is up there uh, i just looked at it and i didn't realize how many people viewed a lot of the content that I have up there. Uh, in particular, the Brian Donovan episode, the Rockley, the voice of Rockley, that is officially been viewed 10,000 times, liked about 300 times. Um, of course, there's always a minority who didn't. Oh, that's up to them. But 10,000 views on that one. There was, and then lo and behold, there's other content in there that just had over some a thousand, some performances that I recorded with none like Joshua and uh, I, I, I've just, I was really at all because I don't really do too much work on that one. You know, it, it's, it's not because I don't want to, it's because I got so much on my plate already that adding the video element to this, and I used to do video a lot, that takes a lot. And it, a lot of you content creators out there, you guys know that it takes a lot out there. So uh, I, I tend not to, at least not right now. When I actually, I think there will be a time, because it was, say that, say, be that as it may, it was a lot of fun to do. I do like uh, producing videos and you know doing stuff like that. It's just a lot of work. And then on top of that, I'm doing the show. And then on top of that, I'm doing other things as well. So it it, it takes it takes a journey. <laughs> and even though there's only one person doing all this, you know, there's only even one person has a limit. Even though they can do the job of many. So um, I, I tell you this, it's just it's just been a great ride here. I appreciate it, and I appreciate all of you. For listening, for downloading, for watching, whatever. I it just it's awesome. I mean, this is not a means for me to, you know, do anything but have a lot of fun doing it. 
you know so thank you guys so much and it just it's, it's just a reason and, and nothing too um i didn't even talk about this on the first july um july the first is actually the anniversary of my first video panel ever with the cast of naruto which is available on talktimelive.com right now just a year it's amazing what a year has done you know when that when that video when that, uh when we did that panel and Molly asked me to do to host that panel with the nine cast members of Naruto. Um, we were ha we had some really really dark times, and especially for people like me and others in the black community, um, it was just very dark times out there. You know, George uh, Floyd situation, the pandemic, um, you know, the uh, Ahmaud Aubrey situation, all of that. We were just going through it for Molly in the cast to do what they did and RDC world, you know, to put that together. Um, it was just awesome. And to see all the fans, mostly predominantly black fans of Naruto and Aaron for them to entertain them. And, you know, for me to host it, it was just, a, it was one of the best things that happened to me that summer. Out of everything that has, that I've done, that is the most significant part of it. I loved it. It was just amazing. The looks on everybody's face, just taking about two hours to just see smiles on their face after everything that's been going on. I absolutely, absolutely appreciate it. I appreciate Molly and Lisa, her um, her manager and uh, wife. I mean, I, I, I really, I really appreciate everything that they've done. I love them. I love those two dearly. They've looked out for me for so much. And I, um, I appreciate, I appreciate everything. Um, everybody was just awesome. It was good. So like, if you haven't seen that, that is also available on talktimelive.com along with some other great video interviews and everything on there. I'm going to say that again at the end of the show. Um, but go out of your way to check that out. Go out of your way to check out uh, the Ruben Langdon podcast that is up now as well. You know, put that, if you're subscribing to the podcast platforms, make sure you just add that onto your list as well. It is always on talktimelive.com, but it's just awesome. So this episode, this is this, this is a big episode here because we have two <laughs> reviews that we're going to be doing. One is with the Justice uh, Justice Society, uh, WB Animation's um, latest animated movie that I missed out on because I interviewed, I, I reviewed Batman The Long Halloween. Forgot about this movie. I wish I didn't. And I'm glad I caught up with it because we got to talk about that. Uh, and it answers one of my questions that I did during that episode. Also, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, uh, which I finally got a chance to see on Funimation. Uh, if you got the Funimation app, it's exclusive to there. And, uh, you know, this was a big deal because I wasn't able to see this in theaters. I heard so much about it. There was a lot of talk about it. This made a box office record. So it was awesome that Funimation gave it to their subscribers. So I got a chance to see it. It's actually on my screen right now. We're uh, we're going to talk about that at, on our talk topic this week. But before we do that, we got a ton of news to talk about here uh, and some great news to talk about in the course. Episode four of Low Key. That's going to be in detail. So without further ado, let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG.
All right, I'm going to start off with my thoughts on the Scarlet Nexus anime series. The first two episodes, I should say, uh, that's on Funimation's YouTube account right now. You're able to see it for free. Uh, the other episodes, apparently, you're going to have to pay for on another app or whatever. I don't know, understand what's going on with that one. But um, some very interesting things that I discovered that many fans have discovered about this and some a little bit, you know, thrown off about um it's a good series yet it feels off because the character design doesn't match that of the game's design in a sense like they look like the characters from the game but it looks like from a different artist and a different artist style and perspective from it it doesn't look exactly like the the actual art style like for instance um the faces and hair are a little bit curved whereas the, the line work in the actual uh, video game are, you know, kind of straight and, and, and almost angular, if you will, like almost like Goku. But there's a like with, uh, how our Kira Toriyama draws his characters, but except in the edges, like when there's an acute angle of the jaw, it's a curve, not like just a a a, 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 a angle, you know, it's just an actual curve. To, I, you know, if you're an artist, you kind of understand what i'm talking about here but it just looked a little bit off and I, normally i'm surprised because when you have whether it's a video game manga or whatever that it is based on when you put it into anime form it usually looks better or just as good as what you see now granted there are some i can't really say that because uh battle arena to shinden was done by Masami Obari back in the day and was based on the the video game on PlayStation 1 but to that credit PlayStation 1's graphics are far and away different from the PlayStation 5's graphics but even still you know we we had a better depiction of what we did back then but as time goes by like when we see games from like Naruto or or even um Dragon Ball Z and One Piece and My Hero, those characters look exactly like the manga and the in the in the comic. I mean, in the manga and the anime. This was kind of different. It was, it was really weird because this was the anime was based on the video game, but you would think that they would go and do have the same exact art direction as they would in there. And they did for the scenery, for the environment, and everything for the. Um, city and all this stuff that was all the same but the characters themselves just didn't look exactly like and that kind of threw people off and i was reading comments on the in, in youtube still and there were a few people who, who noticed other people were just happy that it was out and it was cool because at the end of the day it was still a good series it just it it, it didn't tell the story in detail it was basing it on everything that was going on and the game but not it it was just almost like a highlight of what was going on in the game like if you wanted to watch the story of scarlet nexus it's almost best to say like just buy the game and get the story from there because the story is more detailed and the art is way better <laughs> in comparison and that, you, you know it's even the thing is too even on anime's worst day they're still better than a lot of american animations uh, and art styles 
on an even worse day. So it's not to say that it's bad, just from anime standards, it's just not what we thought it was gonna be. And that's really interesting. Um, so despite the differences, the show is good and it focuses on the events that occurred in the game. Um, they also have the little really cool spots where they tell you passwords and passcodes to use in the game as well. So that's all, you know, that you got to look out for. So it's it's pretty good. But, I, you know, overall, I liked it. Um, but like I said, if I had to choose, you know, one version to watch, whether it be the game or the uh, anime, I'm watching it. I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm looking at the story from a game's perspective, because like I said, the art style is much better and you get to interact with the characters in a more intimate way so um but it's still good to have i thought i just it just felt i i don't want to say somebody said this was um i forgot what they said but they kind of phrased it right i don't want to say this was cheaply done i it's hard for me to say because it wasn't really cheaply done it would be stupid for me to say that it was cheaply done because there was a lot of great detail in the anime it was just i just felt like I, don't, I, I can't describe what made this not as good and to out to, uh, par with the art style of the of the game. I don't know why the art director or the artist didn't work on the on the actual uh, game. I mean, in the anime, whether as much as he did the game, but it just it just was. But um, just it's just weird it's just weird but you know if you haven't checked it out it's the first two episodes are available now i don't know when they're going to show it on funimation i'm pretty sure that's that series is going to go to funimation and probably when it does the english cast uh will be on there but the english cast wasn't on there this is totally um you know japanese uh dubbed in this case so with subtitles and um you know just go out of your way check it out it is still a really good uh you know anime to check out and it's free so can't complain there um i want to also give my thoughts on mortal kombat legends battle of the realm the trailer has arrived and while it is unfortunate that they are also using the same gritty art style from the last one it does look like it will be as violent and entertaining as we expect this time around shokan enters the scene and suggests a final tournament to determine who will win all of the realms and uh, we get to see Joe McHale back reprising his role as Johnny Cage with all of his comedic greatness, along with other previous characters uh, and some new ones as well. A lot of new ones, to be honest. Uh, the focus seems to be around Liu Kang, who suggests uh, who who actually suggests inherits the storyline of Scorpion from the recent movie version uh, because he's an orphan that Raiden rescued uh when he was young and sent to the white lotus society to be trained to prep for this event now it's weird because um i think his name was jeff cole i know cole cole young i believe was his name on the uh movie and he was the descendant of scorpion who raiden say who raiden saved the ancestors right and it's you know it's kind of matching that same storyline they've taken a little bit from the storyline of the movie bringing it on to the you know animated movie and there and which i tell you this i do appreciate that it's only been a year and they just now have the sequel and they already got it out so it looks like they've probably been working on this alongside with the first movie that they did so it'll be interesting to see if we'll have more after this we i don't know where this is going to go but i do have a date the date of uh release will be available on august 31st 2021 they did say 
it was going to be in the summer and I kind of predicted that it was going to be August. Um, it will be available on digital Blu-ray and there will be a 4k ultra HD combo pack available as well. So stay tuned for that and see what that entails. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk some Marvel news. Let's got to talk some Marvel news here. Um, two bits of Marvel news, one of which is my thoughts on Loki. But before we do that, we also got to talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever, which is officially in production right now. Uh, there's a awesome significance to the day that they have started production. Marvel Studios crew set out to begin productions on the anniversary of the debut of Marvel of Black Panther to Marvel Comics the very day. I thought that was pretty awesome. At least that's when it was announced. Um, I know they celebrated that day, but also we got news that that production has started. So I don't know if, if it's specifically on that day, but I know the announcement of it was said to be on uh, on that day. So it's happening. The cast and crew are back in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta's Pinewood Studios on Tuesday. It's very interesting because I could have sworn that there was a situation that they were going to stop or um you know doing production in atlanta a lot of people a lot of studios said that they were going to stop doing uh production in atlanta because of their voting restrictions and all the stuff right there i don't know the status of that yet uh, uh but it's very interesting um no details other than this have been reported and will probably be kept a secret from this point and now you know what it is good i i don't want any spoilers for this I don't want any spoilers for anything, to be honest, because we are trying, we in this, in this generation, we try to get to know everything. We don't leave surprise to happen. And thank goodness for Marvel. Marvel has done a phenomenal job keeping everything tight lived. Their NDAs are probably as strong as adamantium. Okay. Nobody tells anything. Nobody leaks anything out. We don't get, we barely get any information. Um, we get surprised more by Marvel Studios than almost anything today, you know, and they do a great job, uh, making sure that nobody says anything. So, you know, kudos to them. No details on that yet. So, um, but Kevin uh, Feige, uh, told Variety that they promised to make a movie that the late Chadwick Boseman will be proud of. And I truly believe it as much. I, you know, there's always going to be a, a small part of me that always thinks like, okay, what if they messed this up? But Marvel Studios has done so great no matter what they've done. And I, I got a feeling when he said that, that means we're probably going to be, you know, tearing up a bit during this new movie that's coming up because of certain things that are going to happen. There's going to probably going to be some great tributes. I can't even fathom how awesome this is going to be for them to do. Um, he goes on to say that it is clearly a very emotional without Chad, but everyone is also very excited to bring the world of Wakanda back to the public and back to the fans. Um, all of the main cast is expected to return, including director Ryan Coogler, uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever is scheduled to release on July 8th, 2022. We're at least a little over a year away to count down for this movie. I am looking forward to this. It's going to take a year for us to get to prepare for this because we lost one hell of a talent, a talent that was just getting off the ground. He is an award nominated actor, done some tremendous films, but what he did with Black Panther, what he did with the role of T'Challa, 
really uplifted all of us in so many different ways. And I can't wait. I, this is this is going to be extremely, the, you know, I, I tell you this, I, I can't speak for everybody in my community, but this is not only, this is probably not, not just going to be a movie. This is going to be a celebration. And in some parts, it may be a, I want to say funeral, but a, a memorial at best. So it's like people are going to come in representing in certain ways. So I am looking forward to it. I want to also note that actor uh, Denai Guerrera will reprise her role as uh, Okoye in Marvel Studios spinoff series. I believe it's called Kingdom of Wakanda, which will also be in the works as well. So I'm looking forward to that. We already saw the uh, Dore Malaje uh, appear in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to let us know that they are here and airing. they ain't going nowhere and they will be a force to be reckoned with. So very much looking forward to that. All right. Without further ado, got to give my thoughts on Loki episode four. Little Rick, a little Rick Flair right there. That's, I, man. Look, first two episodes were good, but it was just like getting warm. It was just cooking in in, in a uh, frying pan. The third episode really started heating up. This episode was sizzling. This episode was the episode that was like that had me lifting up, that had me cheering, that had me just, you know doing the whoa shit type of you know <laughs> deal. I was just like I was at all of what happened and this is take note this is only a six episode you know series with everything that happened on this episode we still got two episodes left this feel like this was the climatic you know the the season the uh preseason finale episode this is not this is episode 40 still got five and six to do so they a lot happened in this episode what the hell is going to happen in this, uh, episode five? And then how is it going to climax the episode? It's something huge was is about to happen. And this is what we learn about it. We're going to, we're learning that something extremely big is about to be revealed is about to happen. It's going to change the Marvel cinematic universe for phase four. I, it, it, it honestly, this is going to be crazy. Let's get on it. So the show starts off with a flashback of young Sylvie and what it looks like to be Asgard when the TVA comes in to apprehend her. We learn that the one who took her into custody is uh, Ravana Renslayer back when she was serving as an agent. Uh, this is a flashback, of course. She took her into the courtroom to be sentenced when Sylvie managed to get away uh, from her while stealing the, her teleporting uh, device. It is then that we discover why Renslayer is so adamant on retrieving her. She's the one that got away. So take note here. In that, in, in this scene, we see Sylvie speak out to save another variant who was being who was being abused by the TBA, and she's yelling, "Save him!" So that was kind of an indication of where you know Sylvie's conscience and moral ground was at, even as a kid. You know, like and saying like she's not really the goddess of mischief per se. She's just a misunderstood child with abilities. So we come back to the present where Renslayer approaches the Time Slayers. Uh, we get to see them for the very first time in here, and this is a this is huge because they do look exactly like the Timekeepers from the comic books too, and I, I thought that was really awesome. Uh, she leaves the timekeepers where um, 
Mobius meets up with her and finds out what they said. She claims that they are upset uh, and that she um, that she didn't retrieve Sylvie and they fully blame her for it. Mobius wants to interrogate Hunter C-20 when Renslayer tells him uh, that she's dead, claiming that Sylvie scrambled her brain and scrambled her mind. This is when things get interesting. We go back to Laminate, uh, Lamentis 1 and 2077, where Loki and Sylvie are left waiting to uh, for the world to end. Um, they have yet another heart-to-heart, -heart, which almost leads to them actually having an intimate moment when the TVA detects it managed to retrieve them just in time before that world ends. Mobius and Loki get, uh, get at it as they argue about uh, what Loki has learned about the TVA and the Time Slayers, um, the Time Keepers, I should say. <laughs> my, my notes kept saying Time Slayers. Um, Mobius sets a program, uh, sets the program a special room for Loki. This is this is one of the highlights of the episode here. So Mobius sets a program a, uh, for a special room for Loki and one that he will regret. Before he sends him in, he lets Loki say one more word to try to convince him not to send him in. Loki tells him that the TVA has been lying to him with Mobius uh, not believing him one second. We learn shortly that Loki has been sent to into a room from his Asgardian past. In this room, we see the appearance of none other than Lady Sif, actor or actress, Jamie Alexander, coming in with a handful of her hair based on a one of Loki's tricks. She returns the favor by kicking his ass and leaving him on the ground. The catch to this, and unbeknownst to Loki, is that the room he is in is a time loop that repeats the same event over and over again. So we see uh, Lady Sif go like reloop this whole thing again and beats his ass, kicks him in the nuts. It just keeps going through the whole thing over again. That is beyond torture. Whoever came up with that is brilliant. And just bringing um, Jamie Alexander in, which by the way, they don't credit her. They don't put her in the credits. They, she's uncredited in the credits for some reason. And on IMDb, they have her on there, but it's uncredited. I don't understand what that is. Maybe they'll put her up later on. I don't know. I don't get it. But I mean, she was on there. She was a big, a big portion of this episode. Um, so of course he grows tired. Loki grows tired of this, but also learns a lesson about himself and has to change the way he does things in order to change the outcome of the brutal results. Uh, while Loki is in a time loop, Mobius, uh, begins to wonder about what he said and, uh, approaches Renslayer requesting to talk to Sylvie, uh, to get further information. Renslayer work, uh, declines the order and orders him to actually, or to request and orders him to keep watch of Loki. Mobius approaches uh, the holding cell of Sylvie where B, uh, Hunter B-15 is, along, uh, is at along with the guards. She then asks Mobius, uh, what is he doing there? And uh, why is he not watching Loki and all that such? And Mobius mentions that the TVA is lined up. Uh, well, she first, she does ask him, you know, did Loki say anything? And Mobius, mentions to her that he said the TVA is lying to him and uh, she begins to have a look of doubt herself. We don't know why as of yet, why she has this look of doubt. We go back 
again, once again, a low key who is on his knees after multiple times and encounter uh, with the encounters of Lady Sif. He pleads to Lady Sif that he was wrong for doing what he did and only did it for attention and asked that she forgives him. Lady Sif extends her hand and helps him up only to then tell him that he is alone and he will always and he always will be. That is when Mobius all of a sudden comes back just at the nick of time of that one. He comes right back and then uh, walks in and retrieves Loki to ask him what he said and can he, uh, you know, why can't the TVA be trusted? In the conversation, Mobius realizes that Loki has a thing uh, for Sylvie when he um, when he lied to Loki, making him think that she was killed. And you can see the look on Loki's face when he told him that. And it's really weird because like Loki's the god of mischief and Mobius is able to, to psych him out. That that says a lot about his relationship, this this ongoing relationship between Mobius and and and, um, and Loki. They have they they've gained a friendship, a really interesting friendship here, despite the fact that they're both kind of enemies in a sense. You know, this is believe it or not, this is exactly what could have happened had um, Phil Coulson still been alive. He didn't kill him. <laughs> okay, so take note of that. He says that the TVA agents aren't variants, uh, aren't, uh, they weren't created by the timekeepers rather than their actual variants who, uh, have been taken from their former lives and timeline, including Mobius himself. So the, the idea was that the timekeepers created all of the people that's in the TVA, and that's not the case. There's something bigger going on in this situation. We go back to Hunter B-15, who is alone with a state and in, in, in a state of panic. I mean, the look on her face was just like it's perplexing because mostly because of which she has been experiencing since she was touched by Sylvie. She decides to enter the holding area of Sylvie and invites her to go to the rocks cart area where they uh, first retrieved her and she first touched her. Hunter asks about the memories in her head, which Sylvie reveals that she is a she was a variant and not created by the timekeepers. Um, it was really a touching moment because B-15, you know, looked at her and said like, those memories, I was very happy during those memories, as opposed to what she's doing now. She's always tense and militant and always, you know, on the move. And for her to realize that she had this life, you know, beforehand where she was married and she had kids and all this stuff. And, you know, it just, it, it was, it took, it was very emotional. Hunter breaks down in, in emotion at this news, you know, and it was just, it's crazy. Um, we didn't go back to Renslayer's quarters where Mobius has papers that he signs closing the case. It is at this point that you start to realize and notice that Renslayer is acting a little bit different, if not desperate to end this case. Once again, and close the book on this. Once again, we notice that she's becoming anxious and you know, it's, it. you start to realize that She's somebody that you can't trust. And it, it just total 180 from the other few episodes here. Mobius and Renslayer share a drink together along with a conversation, which then Mobius begins to ask her why um, she wouldn't, why was she avoiding the idea of him interrogating Sylvie? Um, she avoids answering this question in its totality and tells him that the timekeepers personally want him to oversee the sentencing of Loki and Sylvie and she and wants him uh mobius uh needs to attend because by the request of the timekeepers 
after the conversation, Mobius asks Renslayer, what is she going to do with the blade of Sylvie? And Renslayer decides to take the blade over to the shelf full of other trophies that um, they were able to retrieve in the past. As she does such, Mobius sneakily takes the device and switch it with her, uh, hers uh, without her knowing. He heads out early at uh, a scheduled area to see the files of uh, Hunter C-20 and, and in fact, she is deceased, so that's true. However, Mobius goes deeper and watches video footage where Hunter C-20 reports what she experienced after her encounter with Sylvie. In this video, we hear and see Renslayer cut the report short as she did not want anyone to know what she experienced, meaning Renslayer knows what's going on. She's all in on this. And it was Mobius, and it was then Mobius realized that Loki is telling the truth. And that, that's really interesting. Mobius heads back to the time loop where Loki is at and make sure everything that Sylvie did was natural and not implanting the memories in, uh, uh, into the variants. Mobius believes that Nexus, that the Nexus that Loki and uh, Sylvie's cause is going to tear the TVA down. He then asks whether he can trust the word of two Lokis. Loki tells him he can trust the word of a friend. And this is where the Bonnie comes in. Mobius not only tells Loki he is right, but he also reminds him that he will, uh, he can be uh, whoever he wants, even a good guy if it, he, uh, you know, in case nobody's told him, which I believe a lot of people's told him, especially his brother Thor. Now, I want to take note here. I find this whole thing, this whole entire series ironic that Loki ends up befriending a guy who resembles Phil Coulson in every way. Like Owen Wilson's Mobius is exactly, he is, he is the new Phil Coulson of this, of this, uh, series. At least he was. <laughs> so the two enter from the portal of the time loop only to be met with Renslayer and a few TVA guards as she realized that he took her device, meaning also that he probably knows everything of what's going on. Mobius tells her the answer regarding what timeline he would like to go to and said, wherever timeline he belongs to. Renslayer orders the TVA guard to prone him and there lies the end of Mobius as he disintegrates, or so we think. Loki is legit devastated by the sight of his friend, his new friend, disintegrated as the guards take him away. Renslayer goes into Sylvie's holding area where she noticed that Sylvie is soaking wet. Renslayer asks who was the last person in this room, to which the guards say B Hunter B-15. Renslayer orders them to find her and to take her out as well because she has been compromised. Uh, the guards take her and Loki as the as they enter the elevators leading to the realm of the timekeepers. While they're in the elevators, it's very interesting. While they're in an elevator, Sylvie asks Renslayer, what was her Nexus event and why was it worth trying to kill her for it? This is very interesting because Renslayer tells her that she doesn't remember as if she was lying and she had to smile on her face like she knows why, but she didn't want to tell her. But it also says that the timekeepers may be trying to retrieve her uh, much like they did the other variants to use them for their for their own means. And I think that was the situation with the timekeepers this entire time. Somebody is behind this. 
and we need to know what's going on truly. And this looks like we're getting closer and closer to what's going on. It's it's the pacing. It's just, like I said, this is only a six episode series and the pacing and storytelling of the series, like you would think they would need a little bit more time, but they were managed to condense all this in into something really great without making it, you know, like it feels like anything was missing. You know, this is just brilliant writing here. Brilliant writing, uh, if I may say so. So the three enter the realm of the timekeepers where they judge and convict them for their crimes. The timekeepers request that they be deleted when all of a sudden Renslayer's, uh, Renslayer's device stops working, mostly because it's been overwritten by Hunter B-15 who enters the realm and use her device to unlock the collars from the necks of, the, of Loki and Sylvie, giving them their powers and strength back, as well as Sylvie's blade. It and this was the this is when everything started coming out. <laughs> this is when every this is when everybody who's watching started getting up and was like cheering and everything. An awesome fight uh scene occurs leading to Sylvie and Renslayer having a one-on-one -on -one badass fight uh that resulted in Sylvie winning and knocking her out for a short bit. As the timekeepers try to plead and negotiate with Sylvie after Loki, uh her and Loki took down the guards and Renslayer, she declined it uh, by throwing the blade at the neck of one of the timekeepers. And it was there we found out that the timekeepers are nothing more than androids made to believe that they're organic, meaning there's somebody else behind this whole entire thing. As we begin to appear, as things begin to appear quiet, Loki decides to have a moment with Sylvie before we even get a chance to know what he was going to say. Renslayer gets, you know, regains consciousness, sneaks up in the back and prones Loki into nothingness. Sylvie manages to retrieve the prone rod from uh, Renslayer, but decide and Renslayer says, do it with conviction. She asked her to prone her and, and destroy her. And Sylvie decides not to, and instead asks her to orders her to tell her everything. And that's how this, that's how this episode ends. Least we thought and you know we're getting to the end of this series because whenever if you watch wandavision if you watch falcon and the winter soldier whenever they get close to the end we see it in credit scene and this is no different we get an end credit scene where we find out that loki is not dead but in a distant world where he is met with other loki's i mean we had a black loki we had the an older Loki wearing the traditional Marvel Comics costume. That was awesome. We had a Kit Loki and we had a Iguana Loki or you know or, or Komodo Dragon Loki. And I do recall seeing all of these versions in the comics at one point. This is insane. So that's how this is and it's something bigger going on and my goodness, we got two episodes left. How more climatic is this going to get and if loki is still alive does that mean all of the other characters are still alive is is c20 still alive is you know mobius still alive what's happening here you know are these people being sent to different dimensions or whatever through these prods i don't know we're we're gonna find out next week but whoa what an insanely amazing episode of loki man god marvel studios what are you doing to us come back after the pandemic and like better than ever, stronger than ever, you know, it's just amazing. Just absolutely amazing here. So 
you know, I, I absolutely enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. So man, two more episodes left. And then next week, of course, we have also Black Widow. So, oh, nothing short of Marvel greatness next week. I can't wait. We talk about the real fireworks next. This week is the real fireworks here. I'm saying next week. It's like this week. It's officially this week. Keep forgetting this is not Sunday. This is Monday. <laughs> it's Monday the 5th. So that'll do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and we got two big reviews to talk about. Uh, Justice League, I'm oh, sorry, Justice Society, World War II, and Demon Slayer, Mugen, Train Review. We're going to do all of that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey, this is Bob Camp, co-creator of The Ren and Show, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my reviews of Justice Society World War II and Demon Slayer Mogan Train. And I'm going to start with uh, Justice Society and talk about that real quick. Now, here's how I'm going to do it because there are two reviews I already practically reviewed Loki and that one went in detail. I won't go into detail of, of these two, but I will grade them uh, according to how I felt about them. And, you know, I'll talk about some of it, what's going on, but for the most part, I will skim it down because I'm, it's just so much, so much entertainment out this week, man. It's just hard to try to get all this. We also got, believe it or not, I also am planning to review Dynasty Warriors well, which came out on uh, Netflix just recently. So that's going down the line. Black Widow's next week. So I'm going to be, I got plenty of stuff to talk about in the next few weeks. I might even make the Dynasty Warrior one for Select Start because it's based on a video game anyway. So I, I'm thinking about that real hard, but you know, let's get them in anyway. So Justice Society, uh, World War II came out before Batman The Long Halloween, and I never got a chance to really watch that, and I missed out on it. I, I'm glad I caught up with it, and I gotta say, out of the three so far, because we got the new series based on the new, I believe, I honestly believe that this is the rebirth uh, era of DC animation here, uh, because the last, you know, uh, series of animated movies that they made before um dark justice league apocalypse war which was supposed to end that new 52 uh era of uh animation uh animated movies you know that's all we had and then now this whole new direction that they're going with this really awesome art direction uh that they're doing and it started off with superman man of tomorrow and justice society world war ii is the second one that came out and then log uh long halloween was the third and I asked a question last time when I reviewed the Batman movie. 
was this all connected? And I got my answer from this movie because yeah, it absolutely is all connected. And what I thought was just going to be based on a past history ended up being like a sort of a, you know, flashpoint paradox type of storyline where, you know, Barry Allen, well, let's go with the story, the, um, the story of what they got. So Barry Allen is, you know, we see Barry Allen relaxing in Metropolis with Iris West, by the way, Iris West in this particular um, animated universe is black. So they're keeping up with the story uh, development that they have on the Arrowverse, which because Iris in the Arrowverse is black as well. This uh, character, this version of Iris West is also uh, black. I, it, I mean, like really awesome because they have her with the natural hairstyle and everything. And I dig that whoever came up with the idea and designed that way. Awesome. You know, so it, there's we're seeing a form of change and acceptance go, uh, going on here because, you know, decade ago, maybe even five years ago, we would not have seen any characters, one, in a interracial, interracial relationship like this two, let alone have a uh, woman of color with her natural hairstyle. This is actual change. I mean, there are people out there who still are cynical and jaded in my community who think changes are happening. It is not to the way that we want it, not to the speed that we want it, but we're seeing little bits of change. So we got to take everything for what we, you know, for what it is and just accept it. We, we still, we all, there's, we, there's a lot more we need before we can really say that we're fully equal, but we're seeing some much needed changes that we would never see before years ago. So, you know, take it as it is right now, but don't stop. Don't stop asking. <laughs> there's a, there's about 400, over 400 years of, uh, for, of, of, uh, you know, stuff that we need to, in order to say that we're, we're totally equal in this country, but this is one of the, you know, things that we're seeing now. So, um, this was pretty awesome. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, what is her, the actress name is Ashley Lathrop who plays Iris West in here. And, um, it's really cool. So they're having a picnic or they're at least trying to have a picnic and Barry's all nervous and everything. And he's still on alert, um, hoping to see Superman. He's supposed to be having his day off. And Iris is asking him like, are, you know, are we ever going to have time for each other? Um, are you ever not going to be, you know, on a job and everything? And, you know, they have this little heart to heart and he tells her like, you know, are, you know, are you ever going to acknowledge that we are in love and we're a couple? And Barry seems to believe that if he lets everybody know that, you know, they're a couple that they're pretty much, she's always going to be in danger. It, there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that, but there's also her, you know, she immediately reacted to that because I, I, it, when she did that, I thought like she, what she think, you know, that he's ashamed of her because of her color of her skin or whatever like that. That's was just in my mind. That wasn't part of the narrative, but there's always, it's almost almost implied at the same time but i i know barry is sincere and that it was like more or less it was about him uh not putting her in danger but she suggests that they're always going to be in danger you know she you know she's willing to fight for him she knows what he who he is she knows what he's up against it's okay so there's some danger happening that leads him to uh leave iris and iris is okay with it and it just happens that superman is going up against brainiac now I love the scene where Brainiac and, and Superman are fighting. What I 
but I also didn't like it because Brainiac is a huge character that I feel like they could have used for another movie. Like when they did Superman or oh Man of Tomorrow, he was uh, going up against, I forgot who he's going up against. Um, I think he was going up against Parasite and he was also teaming up with uh, Lobo. When you add Brainiac to the case, that's a whole bigger deal. Okay. So to use Brainiac in such a small way, just for a, you know, a Passover type of thing, it just felt like it was wasted. But with that said, the scene was awesome. Barry got to, you know, team up with Superman for the first time ever. This is before the Justice League is being created. So this is all leading up to the Justice League for uh, coming together. And that's basically what this is all about. And there's a part where Brainiac has kryptonite that kind of takes him down. Uh, Superman puts a car up to shield him. Uh, Brainiac uses an x-ray uh, detector to see, to find, I'm just making it up as, as I go along with what I'm calling it. But he uses this kryptonite bullet to try to take out Superman. Flash tries to out run the bullet to try to save Superman from getting shot by the kryptonite bullet. He touches it and all of a sudden he goes so fast that he ends up in a speed force where all of a sudden Dr. Fate just happens to be and Dr. Fate leads him to a different time. At least that's what we believe is a different time. And here lies a, a world where, where apparently, um, World War II happens. So Barry thinks that he's in the past, but in this world, the Nazis actually win. The Nazis are taking over the world. He ends up in France where the Justice uh, Society is at. And that's uh, Jay, uh, what is it? Jay Garrick is, yeah, is with him. So he has the original Flash there. They got Hawkman, they got Black Canary. They got, um, you know, uh, Steve, uh, what is it, Steve? I always say Steve Rogers, not Steve Rogers. It's, um, what is that dude? Steve Trevor. So they got him there. And then of course led by Wonder Woman. So that's a whole nother thing right there. And it's just, it's really cool. Here's where I love this new animation and this new art style. I've watched other Wonder Woman animated movies by WB Animation. None of them looked as good as what they did here. This new thick outline art style that they're doing almost looks like a shell shaded video game type of deal. It is tremendous. And then the end on top of that, the animation quality is just at its best. The fight scene with Wonder Woman or mo mostly all the fight scenes with Wonder Woman are so emotional. It feels very 3D. The, I mean, you can compare this to any anime that you've ever seen. Like the animation quality is that good. She whips everybody's ass in such an awesome cinematic way that even matches up to the live action Gal Gadot movies. It is exactly like that. They're just awesome. There's a scene with Flash too, where he's um, taking down everybody and you know everybody's in slow-mo while he's speeding up. And they do a scene that kind of mimics a lot of the scenes from the movies in the, Arrowver in the Arrowverse version as well that uh, Grant Gustafson does just beautifully done this is some of the best wb animation to date and again i look at this and wonder why mortal Kombat looks the way it does 
the animation is great on Mortal Kombat, but the art style just sucks. So the guy who does Young Justice is not, I believe, is not working on any of these new re um, rebirth versions of these anime. Why is he not doing? Why is he not working on Mortal Kombat? I would. A lot of people have said that, like, they would have loved to see that guy work. You know, design the Mortal Kombat deals because. Mortal Kombat, when I did look, I digress. <laughs> I'll get into a whole thing with that, but it's just so beautiful. And you get to see here and also take note that Wonder Woman here is also uh, the one Wonder Woman in this one is also uh, has the same, you know, accent that Gail Gadot has too. So they are taking some pages from both the Arrowverse and what well, not just the Arrowverse, but also um the the uh dc films universe as well because i forgot iris in that film and and, and the justice league movie is also black as well so um good job good job dc okay <laughs> so, but um yeah man it, it's just it, it was really interesting there's also a character named shakespeare who's a reporter and whenever the justice society basically um you know goes into war with the uh, with, with the nazis in germany they want to remain a secret and it's shakespeare's uh it's up to shakespeare to actually you know keep a secret tell them that you know whatever happened whatever you saw out there was not what you saw out there you know they're covering up they're trying to remain a secret society that helps out so they don't they don't want the glory um there's also some interesting things in between you got trevor and and wonder woman uh, who do have a thing for each other. Trevor is proposing to her every single day. And he basically is telling like, like tomorrow's not, you know, granted for us, you know, let's get it done. And Diana's taking it for granted because she feels like once the war is ended, that they would get married. And that's the only time she would say yes. Thinking that, you know, wonder Diana's thinking she's, you know, everybody's like her. Trevor is human. Trevor can die at any time and we're we she will soon learn that as we go along so we also have the situation with hawkman and black canary black canary has a relationship but also she is kind of falling in love with hawkman hawkman is in a situation because if you know the story of hawkman he is a man that transcends time he's immortal but he resurrects every single time uh, if he dies here, he goes into another, you know, uh, gener dimension or generation or timeline uh, where he resurrects to find his other one, uh, which is Hawkgirl. But being that she's not there, Black Canary is like still falling hard for this dude, even though he she kind of knows the deal. And that's a situation that happens there. And just a whole bunch of things in between uh, fallout for this. But it is here where Barry pretty much realizes that you know they can do this they have a team in this area why not have a team in his timeline because the justice league has not been created yet and this is the inspiration to create the justice league uh in in, in his timeline but we also learn later on something very interesting is that we learned two things one clark or shakespeare is actually clark aka superman who has not been revealed as Superman himself, and he doesn't even he he this version of Clark prefers not to actually uh, 
be a superhero. He learned he he's kind of lived a hard knock life. Uh, and, and this is where they find out something very interesting when he reveals that his parents, uh, John and Martha Clark, actually died in an accident and he was an orphan. Of course, that's when Barry realizes that, OK, that's not what happened in his timeline. He knows the story of, of Superman. And that's when he realizes that he's not in a timeline. He's in a different Earth. So hence why the Nazis are actually winning. So now this is what he learns and they have to figure out what's going on. So all through this, they learn this. Uh, they learn this whole situation. They got to find a way to get uh, rid of the uh, Nazis in that saga, get uh, Barry back into his own timeline, but not before any casualties we see. And by the way, spoiler alert, people. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, I would highly recommend turning it off right now. Come back when you see it. But we get some casualties. Uh, we see Hawkman uh, actually dying and Black Canary is just furious about this. And she just she literally puts out a canary cry that matches any Kamehameha wave that you ever see on Dragon Ball, <laughs> taking out a whole bunch of different aliens and people out here. Um, we also and also, I forgot to, to mention that Our Man is in this as well, which is uh, very interesting too. And Our Man, which you now see on uh, Star Girl, which I cannot wait till that series come back. Star Girl season one was so awesome, and you know them telling the story of the Justice Society on air. Still don't know if that's connected to the Arrowverse, but we'll hopefully season two will do that. But Our Man's on air; he was on here as well, and. Uh, just a really fun, you know, segments with him and uh, Jake Garrick in here as well. So we lose Hawkman. We also lose uh, Steve Trevor as well. And Diana is very, very, very upset because she mostly ever at herself because she, you know, took it for granted the whole entire time. So, I mean, this movie really is, I think out of the, all three movies, I love this one the best. Uh, of the three and just based on animation quality fight scenes storytelling action probably just as much action as um superman man of tomorrow but it was just so much more to it and when i figured out that it was more or less barry's you know time paradoxing again i thought that was pretty cool because i, I thought this was just a a separate movie separated from what was going on this is actually a flash movie not a wonder woman movie i mean it has wonder woman in it but the actual base of it is really flash so it was awesome that we got to see a non another non-batman movie and one that was awesome uh i actually love this a lot better than the long halloween like the long halloween was a great crime thriller this one was a great action movie that matched up to any of the live action movies that i've seen so um Honestly, overall, this thing had it all for me. It, I love the characters. I love the performances. I love um, the new directions and the art style and animation was just great. I mean, just had everything you ever wanted to be. And like DC, WB animation is the is every bit of the equivalent as Marvel Cinematic Universe to an extent. Um, I thought I think they do a tremendous job with this with this universe and they do a great job with the storytelling, the narrative. Um, the character developments all through. I'm looking forward to what they're going to do with this new um, this new generation of WB animation. And this is definitely the rebirth era for them. And if you haven't seen this, go out of your way to check this out. This is awesome as well. So I'm going to grade this an A plus. 
this I, I watched this twice. I enjoyed it both times. And just an amazing, amazing movie. I mean, get it now, but it also may come out on HBO Max too. So stay tuned for that. I'm pretty sure HBO Max is going to acquire all this down the line. But if, if, if you're a big DC WB animation fan, you will not go wrong with this. This is probably one of my favorites out of the three so far. So the other movie I'm going to review right now is, in fact, Demon Slayer Mugen Train. The based on a popular anime series, Demon Slayer, which is available on, um, not on Funimation, believe it or not. The movie's on Funimation, but the series is not. I don't understand it. If you have Hulu, all of the episodes, both in subtitle and English are in there as well. You can see it there. And I believe, I believe, I could be wrong. Could be on Netflix as well. Not sure. But here's our situation with this movie. I have not watched the series in its totality. I've watched a few episodes on um, Toonami. But the problem with this is that Toonami plays there in the East Coast. Toonami plays very late at night. And the problem with that is that I don't like staying up late at night. Here's the thing. To my, for those who don't know, because some people are listening from the West Coast, some people are listening from the East, and others are li uh, listening from out of the country. So basically what happens is Demon Slayer, or any anime that plays on Cartoon Network's Toonami, which airs in east coast and the west coast the thing that other people don't know and i've realized this because i go on to san diego comic-con multiple uh twice and i've noticed that there's a three-hour difference between the east coast and the west coast um from here philly to san diego they play they we share the same satellite feed for that channel so whatever plays at 12 o'clock at night is actually playing at 9 p.m uh pacific standard time or or pacific digital uh daylight time uh pdt on in, in, in the west coast but we're sharing it so they get to see what we're seeing late they get to see it a little bit early like some of the some of the shows come on at eight o'clock some of it comes on at nine ten eleven by the time in the east coast is already 12 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning so i i'm not staying up to watch all of that i could dvr it all i want but it's like I know I could probably watch this on one of my streaming networks and just watch it there, which yes, I can, but I just never got a chance to. But this movie came out, uh, I believe last year, and it met, it was met with critical acclaim. It was met with great success for those who had the chance to see it. It didn't play in all theaters, and I finally got a chance to see it. It made box office records. Another anime in theaters made box office records, people. And this was during the time, this came out during the time where the pandemic was still strong and people weren't all going to, you know, theaters as much. This still made quite a bit of money. So kudos to them for that. Um, so basically the story of this is, I'm reading from IMDB, but I also add on my own too. After the family was brutally murdered and his sister turned into a demon, uh, Tenjiro Kamado's journey as a demon slayer begins. Tanjiro and his comrades embark on a new mission aboard the Mugen train on track to despair. Now, basically what that means is that the, the main characters of this series wind up going, uh, was ordered to go aboard a train. And that's um, basically, you know, that's Tanjiro, that is uh, Senitsu, uh, and uh, Habeshiba, uh, Habeshiba. You know they got the kid with the boar in his uh with the boar's head i don't understand how you can wear that but i don't care uh he's a crazy ass but 
they aboard this to make sure to assure that uh demons do not come in to encounter everything they meet up with um kijiro kiyojiro rengoku in here who is a well-established slayer himself and they just make sure that things are going on of course it doesn't these demons are taking over there's a lot going on here there's this new group of demons coming in that is uh pretty much taking over here and one of which has put them in a state of sleep in this in, in a dream world that they see what they want to see um tenjiro goes back into his past where his family is still alive and you know it, it puts them in a, a great place when meanwhile the demons are actually taking over and they are and you know they're you know trying to absorb everybody and, and do what they do um this character enmo is the one that's putting bringing everybody into this dreamland and tenjiro's going through this entire situation uh rengoku is also in in a state of them all of them are but rengoku manages even though he's in a state he's in a dream state he's still managing to be able to keep the you know keep these guys uh, protect himself at least uh here he's a very strong demon slayer he's a demon slayer that is very he, he he's a man of justice here and but he's also very strong-willed he's willing to teach the uh the three you know his ways as well um Tan tanjiro also asked him about you know the the technique that his father has taught him and wants to see if he could teach him but you know rengoku instead wants to just take them under their wing and teach them in here so they're going through all this stuff in the train this other character akaza uh, akaza as well as in here that they end up fighting um but it's really interesting now me being a person who is not that well versed in demon slayer my purpose for watching this movie is to see if it'll attract if it'll intrigue me enough to want to watch the actual series in this whole and in fact after watching this the between the animation which I would say this is the art style is the anime equivalent to the new WB animated art style that we are now seeing because there's a lot of thick outlines in here as well and beautiful beautifully done animation in here almost mimicking that of um you know Japanese scroll art as well that you would see I love that art style that they do here by the way I cannot wait till the video game comes out which is uh which sega's working on right now that is scheduled to come out later this year uh fortunately not on a nintendo switch if it was a bandai namco i could guarantee that this was coming out on a nintendo switch but it's not but we'll see but um a lot of great action in here a lot of great storytelling in here if you are not a fan or if you haven't watched if you're an anime fan who haven't watched demon slayer yet but i bet a lot of you have but there may be some who have not there's a lot there's a lot of you know anime out there so far be it for everybody to watch hundreds and hundreds of anime out there but there are some very popular ones out there demon slayer is absolutely one of them uh even if you didn't watch this series and you just want to watch this movie i believe you can still watch this movie get an understanding of what's going on out here and it then and then gets you to want to watch the series itself i think they successfully done that it is inviting to both hardcore fans and new fans of the series as well the sad part about this and spoiler alert people <laughs> i'm gonna mention this right now <laughs> big spoiler alert the the coolest guy in this in this movie which is uh kiyojiro rengoku which by the way i was very very impressed with knowing that 
Tanjiro Rengoku is voiced by two black actors. Cedric L. Williams, who I believe plays a younger version, and Amari Williams, who both have played different versions. I mean, they're playing the same character, but this is the first, this is a rare time that I've seen in this cast list of anime cast to be voiced, to have two actors in, in, in a series or movie. It's a rarity, and I want to see more of this. I thought they did a really good job in the role of this character. Um, a lot of other favorites in here too. Michelle Ruff, uh, who plays uh, Rukia on Bleach. And if you guys remember, I had the chance to, you know, do an interview with her and panel with her on the Repop Metaverse. She's on here as well uh, as uh, Takeo Kamado as well. Uh, a lot of other Kaji Tang is on here as well. Um, but I was... Uh, I was really impressed that they actually hired more than one black person because you don't see it as much and i'm hoping we can see more another thing that i'm seeing too maybe not in this particular movie but in other movies that i'm saying there's a lot more representation going on in anime right now they are really doing a really good job not just having black animators um and directors now in japan but even some other that are not being you know uh portrayed uh by people of color they're putting people of color in in the most respectful light and i am so this is why i love anime <laughs> they they get it they see what's going on around the world they have access to the internet nowadays not like they did in the 80s and we're seeing it but nonetheless if this i was really really sad that one of the coolest characters which i thought was going to be a new character they end up killing <laughs> he he dies in a, in a heat of glory man but um he was awesome he was awesome uh rengoku was absolutely awesome in here but they don't get a chance to be trained by this guy because he doesn't last after this fight that he has with um akaza it just this is just a beautiful anime i i did it do the job that i wanted it to do did it get me more interested in wanting to watch the series yes this movie had a lot of great action, great characters uh, development, comedy. There is a lot of great comedy before this. It leads up to the action, to the really uh, climatic action points, and I see why that this movie made a lot of money. So, like I said, if you're if you're a if you're new to the Demon Slayer series and want to see this movie, yes, you can, and not be spoiled by anything that has happened. I think it's it's worth going out of your way if you have Funimation. Uh, you could subscribe to uh you, it's already there if you don't subscribe to it it are it's already there it's awesome um you know for 5.99 a month you can't go wrong with funimation man they give you a really a lot of great anime for for that um little bit of money both sub and dub as well so you know go out of your way to check this out again i give this a solid a uh i man if i think if i knew more about the series i probably would have gave it a plus but what it done what it has done for me is that it successfully allowed me to go back and start watching the series more especially leading up especially with the uh video game coming out because the video game actually i believe is going to be based on a movie so we're going to see some some intertwining with the movie and the game there but now i can catch up and follow up i'm going to watch it on uh hulu or whatever else that they have it in as well so Give that a solid A. Go out of your way to check it out. It's on Funimation right now, exclusively for those subscribers. Folks, 
that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you guys so very much for checking this episode out, checking the Ruben Langdon episode out, checking all of our episodes out, rather on TalkTimeLive.com, where you can check out all of our episodes there. You can also, including the recent, including this one in the recent Ruben Langdon episode, I highly recommend you go out of your way to check it out, especially if you're Devil May Cry fans. You can uh, check out all of the interviews with Ruben Langdon, especially the recent one where we talk about Devil May Cry 5, because there was an incident where he went to Mexico and he almost died. He, there was, he almost got, like his car got shot up. And there's a really interesting story about that. So, um, that was the last, you know, one that we actually did. It was really interesting. And uh, go out of your way to check out all of them. They're all great. But you can see that, you can check that out on talktimelive.com. You could easily, talktimelive.com is the best way to find old episodes. Like you can subscribe and download to our favorite podcast platforms for the recent ones. But if you ever want to go back and check out classic episodes, you can always go back, go into the podcast page right above every latest episode, which you'll see latest episode on there. Right above it is the search engine, which it says search podcast is right above. Can't miss it. You type, you, uh, put, you click on there, you type in TTL exclusives and my God, every episode, I believe every episode that we ever have of every interview that we've done should be on there. If not, it will be up there soon. Rest assured. So you can find all of the interviews with video game, uh, artists, well, video game developers and, um, artists and actors and just a whole bunch of people like actors, game developers, artists, recording artists, and more cosplayers. They're all there. So you can go out of your way to check out those and much more. You can also check out the media page and find the repop metaverse panels that I did this year as well. Uh, they're all there, even except for the My Hero Academia and the original Pokemon anime series. I got clips of those on air. They never brought those out. Uh, they did put out the Naruto trivia, which is on uh, their with uh, it's on their Facebook page as well that I did. I, it's one of my favorites. It's absolutely one of my favorites of the bunch. But uh, also Bleach is there, Sailor Moon cast, uh, and the trivia is there as well. That time I got reincarnated as a slime. It's all on TalkTimeLive.com. You can find it there and much, much more, including just added. I have two new blog entries in there as well. Uh, if you're interested, if you're a Nintendo Switch owners, I have one for the Hori Split Pad Pro. I did a little bit of a review on there called Talk Time Live Unbox. Um, you can also see the uh, HomeSpot uh, Bluetooth adapter for those who want to listen um, to their Nintendo Switch gaming on wireless earphones. I have uh, an option one of many options on air. So I tried that out and I unboxed the Ichigo Kurosaki Nino droid figure on air. So all of that is on the blog page of talktimelive.com on air. And again, if you are somebody who likes to listen to podcasts, especially this one on your favorite podcast platforms, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and Tumblr. Of course, and YouTube, you could go there on my YouTube page as well. And, uh, which is viewfinders, I S a D you can find it all on there. So go out of your way and listen and keep supporting us. Thank you so very much. The downloads have been great. Uh, the support has been great. I cannot thank you guys enough. And this week, next week, we are going to have 
Black Widow. Finally, Friday. I'm watching it at home. I got it ready. I'm not going to the theaters for this one. I'm chilling. I watched Fast 9 in the theaters. I wasn't too happy. So for this one, I'm watching it in the comfort of my own home via the Disney Plus experience. Um, and by the way, if you order from Disney Plus, here's the, here's the benefit. If you order from Disney Plus, you can watch Black Widow or any of those premium accesses as many times as you want. Black Widow won't be released until October, but you can watch that movie as many times as you want on Disney Plus, as opposed to going to the theater, trying to find a parking space, trying to, uh, you know, make it on time, not being as stressed out because there are kids there whining and crying, people talking over you. You have the control of comfort in your home and you can order whatever the hell you want. It's Grubhub rules. Okay. And in my case, it's Harry and Davis rolls because I got a lobster pot pie waiting for me for that day that I'm going to be cooking up. So I'm ready, people. What? <laughs> so we will be reviewing. Uh, we will be reviewing Black Widow next week. It's finally coming. Uh, we also talk about episode five of Loki and whatever news comes out in the world of our favorite fandoms as well. Select start. We will have review game reviews as well, but I also may review Dynasty Warrior the movie on there so stay tuned for that and i may give my thoughts on there for that so thank you again everybody it's been great i can't thank you guys enough for the support it's just been awesome so that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax Avery josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.